What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Hot Sheet Podcast once more. There was a hiatus a little bit, but we're back for more. We have a hot sheet out of nowhere this week, despite the fact that you know everybody at BA was at the draft. Uh, I decided to take it upon myself to do the entire hot sheet. So capsules one for one through twenty were written by me, and we're a little bit into this podcast, and I haven't said who me is, but I'm Josh Norris. In North Carolina, that's Jeff Ponce in Massachusetts, back from Seattle, back on the wrong coast, back in the land of humidity. Oh, he's shouting, no, no. Beast no. Coast, baby, Beast Coast, all no, day. East Coast, coast. Is not as good as the West <laughs> Coast. Not even close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna refrain from any of my comments regarding the West Coast, just, just to not coast. insult our West Coast listeners. I'll just say this: you watch the college postseason. How many lightning delays did you have during West Coast games? Bagel. How many West Coast ga- how many lightning delays did you have during all the East Coast games? Infinity symbol. West right. Coast during the summer better than the East Coast during the summer. So, so would you say would you say that the East Coast is electric? I would not. Um, I would say <laughs> I would say it's got a lot it's it's shocking if you want to <laughs> If you want are you really gonna I was just you really, Seattle. Really gonna get into a game of puns with me because <laughs> I can do this all day. Um but You're in the any M&M of, of baseball. We're we're here to talk about hot sheet, uh, which I, I constructed from one through twenty. Cause you know, it was a shorter week because of the or a weird week because of the fourth of July, but it wasn't a short week. There will be no hot sheet this upcoming week since we're on a minor league. Uh, break for until Friday, and I don't think anybody really wants a three-day hot sheet unless it's going to be filled with DSL guys. Uh, and I, I, I did DSL Bapper this morning. Uh, that's Baseball America Prospect Report. But I think it'd be very tricky to do DSL majority hot sheet. So with that in mind, we will start at the top of the hot sheet. And uh, Mr. Ethan Salas. You know, I wrote what uh, I've written extensively about Ethan, as as extensively as one can write, uh, considering the guy only signed in January. But he's made about as loud of as an impression as you can make in six months. You know, no DSL, no ACL. He's in the he debuted in Low A at 16 years old, and this July he started shooting the fireworks a little early. He had three or four home runs this week including his first multi-home run game as a professional. And not only were they multi-home run games or a multi-home run game, one was the opposite way and one was to dead central, which, you know, it's just spellbinding to watch what this young man is doing 
at such a young age. And it's also really fun to dream on what he can be, considering I just talked about his offense and his defense is pretty darn good too. You know, the Padres uh, trusted him to throw bullpens to your, your, you Darvishes of the world. Uh, they put him in a, a cactus league game at 16 years old and he, you know, handled it with a plum. It's, it's really just impressive, and I, he might not have had the best overall week, but I tend to take um, prospect status into consideration. And given his, you know, his prospect status, I thought I, he was worthy of the number one spot. Jeff, what do you think of Ethan Salas? Yeah, I mean, it's been impressive. Um, you know, hit a little bit of a lull there in June. Um, but he's certainly hit the ground running so far in July, uh, which is which is great to see. And I know it's only been 30 games, but overall numbers have been really good. Um, we know about the defense, the receiving, um, the skills behind the plate. You know, I know that it's something that, you know, our colleague Carlos says quite a bit. I think especially when he's talking about the draft, that one thing the industry doesn't do a great job of is evaluating catcher defense. I do think Solace is a guy that regardless of um, your skills there as an evaluator, I think it's fairly easy to see how talented he is just watching him, you know, behind the plate, receiving, throwing, blocking, et cetera. Skills are all there. Um, you know, we heard from international scouts, the bat was legit too. That's starting to play out. And I think when you put into perspective, this guy is wouldn't be draft eligible until next year. Um, it's kind of remarkable. You know, this is a guy that's uh, the same age as, as 2024 high school picks, guys that are going to PG National this week that, that Carlos or Carly went. I'm invoking Carlos's name multiple times in this, but um, I think it's a good comparison, you know, to think that this guy would be, you know, down there in Phoenix at PG National right now, um, you know, had he come the American high school route. And uh, instead he's playing a full season ball and he's he's putting up four homer weeks, you know. Um, Pretty impressive, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the second most impressive player on this uh, on this hot sheet this week. But we can get into who I think the most impressive is. Well, and the suspense. Who's the most impressive? Come on, man! It's the first time Chase Delauder makes a hot sheet. Of course, I'm going to say Chase Delauder. The man right. hit six eleven this week. Yeah, eleven right. for eighteen. Right. He's got six doubles. Made the jump up to high A. Um, this is a guy that I've been I've been pounding the, the table on since I saw him in 2020 in the Cape 2021 in the Cape, which is really his probably his largest stretch of of healthy play in his career. Um, I was gonna say in his most productive. So, you know, I always have said that I felt like I had as good of a feel on Chase Delauder as anybody who's in the industry. Um, just because I was here the entire summer and and saw, you know, more than half more than a dozen games of him. So um, I'm excited to see him hit the ground running. I think he's an incredibly talented player, um, you know, all around. And uh, it was funny. I was um, in Seattle. And when I get back from the ballpark, I'd, you know, throw on the television in the room, put on Root Sports. And uh, they were playing all the old home run derbies from years ago. And it's funny. Uh, Frank Thomas has a similar back leg to DeLauder. And I know there was a lot made about DeLauder's sort of action and um back leg but there's a lot of good hitters that have a very similar action in their swing on the golf side too i think it's just a sign of um athleticism and power so yeah i'm i'm way in i'm excited to see that he made it here um you know was was kind of in the weeds the last week so 
your hot sheet was valuable for me to catch up on some performances that I might have missed. But Delotta is one of my guys, so uh, I got I got to call that one out. I'm gonna be honest, like I did this kind of in a blur. I'd forgotten Chase Delotta was on this hot sheet, so good for you for reminding me. It's not where I thought we were gonna go. Um, I see you come up in our in our frenzied pre podcast <laughs> scheduling. You ambushed me with Chase Delotter, and for that I will never forgive you. Um, I'm a little annoyed that he uh, skipped over Lynchburg because I don't think I'll ever get to see him uh, since uh, Lynch, uh, you know, Lake County doesn't come here. Uh, part of me, part of me wants to travel to Ohio. Although, although, at- part of me wants to go go to Ohio, go to Cleveland for a few days. That's and um, go watch Delano. That's funny. That, that sounds like uh, the Ohio uh, Department of Commerce. Their their slogan. Part of you wants to travel to Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know maybe maybe when Akron comes to Richmond someday, uh, he can he can I can go see him. But yeah, you you've been very loud about Chase Delauder, and you know you try to get him on several lists. But <laughs> I think I you know it's hard to do it when he's not healthy forever. Sure. Um, you know, it finally is healthy. You know, two separate foot injuries, and he's. You know, as you've said, hit the ground running, which is dangerous for a guy with two separate foot injuries. But he's 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 doing well in Lake County, and uh, good to good to see. Um, you don't doubt the Guardians very often when it comes to the draft. Now, the guy I thought you were going to say, who had the most impressive week, who we talked about in our extremely formal pregame pre-podcast meeting, was Grayson Rodriguez, uh, who I saw twice this week. Now, if you are someone who listens to me regularly on these podcasts, first of all, I'm sorry. Second of all, uh, you know that I've seen, uh, before this week, I had seen Grayson three times. And none of the times was he, uh, making air quotes here, Grayson Rodriguez. He was okay all three times. Not bad, not good, not, you know, number one pitching prospect in the game level. Um, so this, I, I was, I was hoping for better this first time, which was on July, July 4th and I got better. I got a lot better. I got one of the most dominant pitching performances I've seen in 15 years doing this. Um, I think it was the best minor league outing of his career. Um, struck out 12 over six innings. I think it was three hits, no walks. And he got an absurd 27 whiffs. Um, he had them all on, on strings. He was the puppet master all night. He could do anything he wanted. Uh, fastball, I think he touched 100, depending on whether you used Hawkeye or a radar gun or Trackman. It was like 99 point something. Um, but it was regularly in the 96 to 98, touch 99, touch 100 sort of range. Uh, the changeup looked like it, it, you know, it rolled off a table. Uh, the, the slider was a sharp breaker. The curveball was like the same kind of shape as the slider, but slower. So that's got to give hitters fits. Um, he was just absolutely electric. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the bullpen blew it for him. The Durham Bulls scored six in the ninth inning to erase a five-run uh, Norfolk lead. But regardless, he was really, really, really nasty. And then I saw him again on Sunday right before the draft. Uh, it looks like it was a pre-planned shorter outing. Not quite as good, but pretty good. 
he had some trouble um, locating arm side with the fastball, and he kept missing the outside corner. There was a couple of really long at bats. I think it was one like 10, 11 pitch at bat that, that wound up in a walk. Um, Changeup was still pretty good. It was all pretty good. It wasn't the first outing, but it was pretty good. And so the result, I think, was 15 strikeouts this week in nine innings or something like that. So yeah, he was he was the best pitcher on the hot sheet, and he's still uh, in the conversation for best pitching prospect in the game, uh, especially now that Yuri Perez has graduated. He versus <clears throat> Paul Skeens will be a discussion once uh, once Paul signs his first contract. Uh, but Jeff, you know you've seen Grayson before. What do you think of Grayson Rodriguez? Yeah, um, I think it's encouraging to see the changeup was playing well. How did the how did the slider look? Um, that was the thing that when I was going for feedback, when we updated the, uh, the, 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 the top thirties and then the top 100, we moved Hauser ahead of Grayson. Part of that, um, was some concerns from some, some longtime scouts regarding Grayson's breaking ball quality. Um, the changeup and fastball have always been there. Slider has been fine. Um, I've been up and down on it over the years, but I've seen one of these starts before. I saw one in Hartford in 2019 where I thought it was um, outside of seeing Painter last year, actually against Hartford in, in September. I thought it was one of the most dominant starts I had ever seen um, from a, you know, from a, a, a young pitcher in the upper minors. So yeah, I tend to agree. I'm, gl- I'm glad that we got that back. You know, he's kind of seems like he's back rolling again. So I'm interested to hear, how was the quality of the slider? And did you Every, have everything was good. Every, there wasn't a thing on the card that was lower than a six. He, it was filthy. It was that was what a big league number one ace looks like. He could do no wrong. Now, whether that's an outlier or what he's going to be in the big leagues is another story. But that was just pure witchcraft from pitch one to pitch ninety two. I, I, you know, I, I left with my, you know, my jaw unhinged at, at kind of what I'd seen that night. He, they, the Bulls had no shot. You could have sent Ripken the Bat Dog up there and he would have had as good a chance uh, against uh, Grayson Rodriguez as any of the Durham Bulls that night. But yeah, so that was, that was an easy choice for the best pitcher. And like I said, you know, he versus Paul Skeens is going to be an interesting conversation for. Uh, best overall pitching prospect in the minors. I don't know which way I'd lean on that, but you know, I'm I don't do much with the draft. But Paul Skeens seems like a um, a superlative talent in just about every sense of the word. Uh, Jeff, we will talk. Uh, we 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 talked a little bit about the futures game, and we will talk more about your week when we come back from this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. 
What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And we're back. So, you know, I stayed home uh, from Seattle, but you went to, like I said, the best coast. You went to the Futures game. I believe this is your second Futures game. Yes. You've had two West Coast Futures games. Yes. Los Angeles and Seattle. Um, how did you uh, How did you think of, of this one? And, you know, who stuck out for you in, uh, in the Futures game? It was, all about the, it was all about the NL pitching for me, man. Uh, Jacob Mizierowski was unbelievable. Um, he came into the game – through 11 fastballs. I believe 10 of them were hundred miles per hour. Plus he hit 102.4 miles per hour. Stuff was just filthy. Um, post game when Lawrence Butler was interviewed, I believe by, by JJ and he Butler had talked about just how filthy the stuff was. Um, you know, and you got that sort of like slutter type of slider that he has, um, that cutter, that cutter slider hybrid. Um, it's just dominant. I mean, he's just filthy. Um, I was talking with somebody, uh, in the game and player development after that game, we were sort of texting about Mizierowski and he had suggested, he's like, if this guy was in my org, I would just, I'd bring him up right now. Like I wouldn't waste, you know, any, any of these, these pitches. Um, this guy's so dominant. I think like right now you could have him get five outs out of the bullpen in the majors, no questions asked at all. Um, so he was, he was really good. Um, pregame. In the batting practice rounds, one of the things that I've done the last two years, and and uh, personally, I think it's the most fun thing that I do with the Futures game, is JJ and I um, chart out and um, record, tally all the home runs that are hitting batting practice. And um, I missed some of the AL batting practice as I was getting up because I was in the auxiliary boxes. So I had to travel the, from – three levels up and then all the way around the distance of the stadium out to, to right field there at uh, T-Mobile park, which by the way, was a beautiful park. One of the nicest parks I've ever been in. Um, so sat down there and uh, the AL batting practice wasn't all that impressive. Junior Cameron arrow was absolutely impressive. He had some nice shots. Spencer Jones had some nice shots, but when the NL came up, man, um, James Wood, huge rounds, you know, really impressive rounds. Um, you know, but Brady House was was the guy. Brady House, I think, hit three or four in a row. Um, sent multiple shots to his pull side up to um, the upper deck and to the deepest part of center field. Um, House was showing some some serious seventy juice. You know, 
that was big boy power. Um, and that tells me that he is fully healthy if he's doing that in batting practice and, and hitting the way he was. Um, and there were other rounds too, you know, within the NL group that were impressive. Um, a few that were probably a little, a little surprising even. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I thought the big takeaway just from, from the batting practice side of things was definitely house. I mean, he, he was, uh, he was, he was pretty filthy in those rounds, <laughs> sending balls to, like I said, the deepest part of the park, the upper deck. Um, and I don't, you know, not that I anticipated he would take a bad round, um, but with some of the names on, on both sides, I, I, I didn't anticipate that, um, you know, he was going to do exactly what he did. And just looking at some of the other ones. Oh, Yank Keel uh, hit seven out. That was really impressive. Um, you know, I was making sure I was paying full attention the whole time, but extra attention when Yankeel was up there because we were out in right field and Yankeel's a lefty, and I know what kind of what kind of homers Yankeel can hit. So didn't want to uh, get new hard new hearted by that. Oh, Jackson Merrill had a really really good round. Jackson Merrill hit five hit five homers, a lot to his pull side, which I thought was an encouraging sign. As we know, that's one of the big question marks with Merrill's profile is. Can Merrill, you know, hit for power um, consistently? We'd like to see it in games more. It's starting to show up a little bit more. But I thought that was nice to see in that batting practice round. Um, Hold on. What the heck do you mean by new-hearted? Oh, um, wow. I thought you were you, – you were such an old soul. I thought you'd get that. Um, not that old. The new heart show, that's how, like, new heart, like, dies slash, like, wakes up at the end of the show. He gets hit by a golf ball in the temple. Um. So JJ and I were joking around that we were going to get, because we're old, apparently, we're going to get new hearted um, by a ball and be the batting practice or JJ was going to get hit by one last night in the home run derby, which I'm shocked he didn't because the ball was flying out of there last night, man. Oh, all right. I was going to say, I, I knew this had to do with Bob Newhart. It's for the 50-plus crowd, maybe even the 60-plus crowd. That's probably more like my my parents' generation kind of a, a joke, but. I've watched I watched Newhart with them when I was I was a, a kid, you know. I was gonna say my my Daryl Daryl and my other brother Daryl. I say my I'm gonna you know uh, introduce you from now on as Fatty Arbuckle, you know, or Buddy Hackett, because uh, those are those are comedians of that era too. So uh, I, I guess you're no longer the parrot. You are uh, maybe it was actually Larry Daryl and Daryl, but anyway, yes. I know nothing on that. I got nothing on that, Jeff. And it's weird because I did own the button-down mine record on vinyl. But this is a digression that I did not expect we would take. Uh, you you did mention Jacob Mizorowski. Um Best stuff in the minors, period. Bar yes. none, not a question. Um, yeah, I think so. It's, it, it, it's him, and then there's a canyon between whoever you want to put it, number two. Um, I think. But um, I've got to see him several times, five, six times this year. Uh, and and one last year in instructs, man, is he good? <laughs> man, yeah. is I mean, I've had one scout um, suggest to me that he, not Jackson Chorio, is the number one prospect in that system. If you really want to uh, talk about you know how how loud some evaluators are, um, you can find guys who think you could shove them in the bullpen and get out gets out get outs in the big leagues tomorrow. I don't disagree with that. But you also find guys who believe that he has the potential to be a true number one. And with stuff like that, 
hard to really argue. I understand the delivery is what it is. The command may not be the best, but that's some really loud stuff that in you know it that produces you know more swords than the Knights of the Round Table. Man, it's like uh, firing wiffle balls out of a bazooka. Uh, it just they move and they're going really, really, really fast. He's got four pitches. He the last time I saw him, the last start in low A, it was five innings. It was almost perfect. One hit batter, and the the batter got who got hit swung. The first base ump just didn't call it. Uh, but other than that, he was perfect. Uh, and it was like I was talking about Grayson, uh, the Down East Wood Ducks that night did not have a chance. They may as well have come up there with boat oars instead of uh, baseball bats because that was equal chance with either piece of lumber. It was just absolute filth. And then when you see him in the Futures game, you go, oh, yeah, I've seen this movie before. This looks very similar. And uh, the guys uh, in the Futures game had zero shot against him. I guess the only one really hit against him was that check swing broken bat thing by, I forget who it was, um, got him. But impressive nonetheless yeah that was my, my takeaway from the futures game was jacob mizierowski is the uh uh the proverbial filth monster um and he stuck out in a group of very very impressive pitchers you know like i said i wasn't there i'll take your word on the brady house bp show uh and you know talking about yankee fernandez i remember two spring trainings ago my last day was at Salt River, it was Rockies versus Diamondbacks because Jordan, Jordan Lawler was in the game. It opened with Adil Amador slicing uh, slicing one up the box, and and then Yankeel Fernandez hit one that almost went out. And I remember saying to a scout, like, hey, this is what it looks like, right? It, we don't, no, no more work needs to be done. This is, this is what it looks like. <laughs> it's like, yeah, these are two very, very good prospects. Um, yeah, I still have that that clip somewhere on my phone of those two swings back to back. Just like, holy cow, what an impressive day by those two Rockies prospects. Um, so, Jeff, you know, now we're in a little bit of a, a breather, I guess. If you're on the pro side, uh, unfortunately, there's been this thing called the draft the last few days, mm -hmm. uh, and continuing probably as we speak. But there's no minor league games outside of the DSL until the until Friday. Um, once Friday hits, uh, do you plan to do anything game wise? Actually, man, I'm going to be going to games tomorrow night. Um, oh yeah. You have this thing called the Kate. Yeah. I've been, Odd uh, League, I think it is. Yeah. I was at the futures game kind of feeling some, some kind of way, uh, little FOMO as, uh, Travis Banzana, probably my favorite prospect in college baseball. Um, it's just been going off. He started a little slow. Hit over 600 last week, um, recorded the first uh, cycle in the history of uh, the Falmouth Commodores as long as they've been keeping statistics in the Cape Cod League. That's how long it's been uh, <laughs> since somebody has uh, has done what Banzana did on, uh, on uh, Sunday or Saturday, actually. So um, I'm excited to get out there and see him. I didn't have an opportunity to see him before I left. I know uh, Peter did. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm planning on getting out there. If I can get out there tonight, I might even get out there tonight. Um, as long as my wife won't kill me. Um, but I mean, you're talking about, you know, in, in organization here, uh, you know, with, with the Commodores that I believe has been around since the beginning of, 
you know, the league, um, you're talking about like the 1923. Um, I don't know specifically when they started keeping stats. I'm going to guess it was probably some point in the sixties. Um, so pretty un- un- unbelievable what he's doing right now. Um, so I'm excited to see him. Plus, you know, this gives me a really good, um, feel for next year's draft class. Uh, certainly did this year, you know, most of the players that I know going through, especially day two, um, I see a lot of day two guys in the Cape. Um, and there's a lot of talent in those rounds, right? I mean, it's not just the first two rounds where good players are coming from. So, um, being able to see a lot of these guys firsthand, get, you know, a foundation on what they can do and what they can't do, um, and what they build from is, uh, I think incredibly valuable, makes me better at my job. Um, and allows me to uh, to do some work on the draft and stuff like that when I'm out there. So these are names that we're going to see called next year. We're down there in Arlington, Texas. Um, so I'm excited to see how it all shakes out. Going to get out there for at least a few days this week, and then we'll see over the weekend, uh, depending upon when Salamento's going in New Hampshire. I'll, uh, I'll definitely boogie up there to see him. I don't know. I don't think we have a whole lot going around here even once the weekend starts um durham is on the road in st paul altoona is in harrisburg uh, i think i think there's like one team around and i don't remember which it is but i think i'm gonna have a free weekend to do whatever it is i do i think you follow twitter you know what it whatever it is i do which is look for birds <laughs> <laughs> that's my weekend i am still trying to uh, figure out the mechanics of a trip to Florida here soon. And if you you know me, you know me and travel planning is a lot like Liz Lemon and uh, schedule making. Uh, if, you're, if you're fans of 30 Rock, which I believe is a show that came on a few years after Newhart went off the air. <laughs> maybe it's for the younger viewers. <laughs> slightly younger viewers. We're still slightly younger viewers. I say that, but it's been off the air for at least a decade, I think. So I, I am dating myself a little bit, um, but yeah, I, I'm a, I, and this particular trip has really vexed me um, in a yeah. lot of ways. So I, I do want to get down there. Oh, that's that's a perfect transition because the one guy we didn't talk about on the hot sheet um, is the helium guy, and it's uh, my number one target uh, if I go down to the uh, Florida Complex League uh, at some point. And that is Yankees left-hander Henry Lalane. Um, he, he signed a couple years ago, spent a couple years in the DSL and is just making a stateside debut this year. Um, he sounds really interesting. What, what really, you know, piques my interest, um, is the combination of body control and athleticism and stuff and youth. And that's a really, really, really good mix to have. I talked to a scout the other day about him and he mentioned all those positive factors to say that there's a. If all those coalesce the way uh, Yankees would like and the way Henry would like, you could have the makings of a really, really promising uh, rotation piece. Um, so, yeah, that would be a target for me if, if and when I go down to Florida. I know Jeff is planning to go down to Florida too, so we possibly maybe could be, might be, have Florida blanketed pretty good um, in the coming weeks. Um but yeah, next week for me, or this this the rest of this week for me is mostly just home. And I think if I don't go to Florida next week, 
uh, Canapolis comes to Zebulon, and they will have uh, Noah Schultz, uh, who is who is very very good. Um, he's up there on the best arms I've seen this season. Even though every time I see him, it's like abbreviated. I think he's gone most. He's gone this year is three innings. I saw two turns ago where, you know, unfortunately he was supposed to go three innings, but uh, rain happened as so often happens here on the least coast uh, during the summer. Um, and uh, it meant he only threw 17 pitches. Now, 15 of them were strikes, uh, which is pretty good. And that's that spent stranded or uh, that spanned one inning or two innings. I'm sorry. So pretty good outing, but I was hoping for more, but you know, humidity, rain happens. Um, yeah, that's that's more or less what I'm looking for in the next couple of weeks, and that's what uh, the hot sheet and the futures game looks like. Jeff, do you have anything else to add? No, man, it's been a good show, but good to be back. A little yeah. Baron Parrot. Good show to be back. Um, reminder: no hot sheet a week from now because the the minor league schedule is uh, pretty short. Three uh, games. Well, and, and a lot of games in the DSL. Do not forget the DSL. That's you got to get them young. Um, We'll have another DSL bapper today. Um, so uh, for Jeff in Massachusetts, I'm Josh in North Carolina saying so long. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.